Good morning, everyone. Exodus chapter 9. In Exodus chapter 9, we see some very severe plagues. Beginning with the first one of this chapter, in the cattle of Egypt dying, but not having the cattle of the Hebrews dying. And what an amazing thing that would be for Pharaoh to see, that the Egyptian cattle died, but not the Israelites. And this, again, was a, a knock against some of the gods of Egypt. And in Egypt, of course, valued greatly their cattle. And, you know, they would draw pictures of their cattle. You can see that they, they worshipped a god of the cattle. And in this particular case, they lost horses, donkeys, you know, livestock. I mean, <clears throat> that had tremendous value. And that would be, you know, really uh, losing that personal property and the value of that cattle would be a significant plague. And, and then it says in verse, <clears throat> excuse me, in seven, that the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. And we continue to see this in multiple ways throughout the book of Exodus, that Pharaoh hardened his heart, but Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And I think that is still true today in us and in people who have not received Jesus Christ. We could look at the fact that, you know, God has his chosen ones. He has his elect. He has even helped us to believe. But yet, that doesn't remove the responsibility of people to believe. So there's a combination always, you know, and why doesn't someone come to faith? Well, it's, it is their responsibility to place their trust. And I believe everyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. So people have an opportunity to come to the Lord, to come to faith, but at times they've hardened their own heart. And at times it's as though it just hasn't been easy for them to have their heart be opened or Maybe God has not allowed their heart to be open. So there's a little bit of a mystery there. Um, you know, we could look at, if you look at the whole counsel of God's word, to me, I see an opportunity, you know, what Jesus Christ did in dying on the cross for us, he did for the whole world. And I feel like everyone has an opportunity. And yet there's verses in there about, you know, it's only for God's elect. So we're not going to spend our whole morning on that topic, but I, I just feel like that's part of this here in that Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh, man, he has an opportunity to to turn to God, but he, he just doesn't. And yet God hardened his heart. So if that leaves you with a mystery, uh, that's okay. Because you know what? Some of this in the Lord is a mystery. And, you know, we'll find out exactly how that all comes together in heaven one day. But uh, I would say, you know what, anyone who's in the land of the living right now, you know, cry out to Jesus, turn to him while you have a chance. And uh, that's going to be your best opportunity to be saved from your sin in, in this world. So then after that, we have the plague of the boils. And what an awful plague, huh, to have boils come on your skin. Now, I love how we have gone through this journey and we've seen the story of the magicians and sorcerers. And, you know, I, I go back to, again, something I've been teaching. These guys have not done anything new on their own yet. The only thing that they've said to be able to do is basically replicate what God already did. Now, <clears throat> I don't want to take away from what Satan has the power of doing, meaning 
we do believe we have an enemy and he is, uh, you know, someone who wants to devour. And there is a measure of power that Satan still has in messing with mankind today. But I think sometimes, too, we have to be careful to not give that respect, but also to not give him too much respect, meaning our God is so much more powerful than the evil one. Jesus steps on the neck of Satan and has, and he's already won, yet the full defeat of Satan is not fully complete yet, but we know that the victory is there in Jesus Christ. And as a believer in him, I want you to be more focused on his power and that you are a child of God and that he has power over the enemy. So yes, we still see Satan at work and and sorcery and demonic things can still happen today, but man, trust in your Lord and being a child of God and because look at look what happens here in the plague of the boils, it, the magicians could not stand. Verse eleven: the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians as well, as well on all the Egyptians. So they they're no longer even stepping into the presence of Pharaoh to say that we're going to try to mimic something, and we've seen we've seen them defeated. We've seen them, they're no longer trying to play their games and and show like they can do the things of God. They're not even showing up anymore. And the same plagues that were on the Egyptians are on these magicians. uh, And they've kind of like fell to the side here. Uh, And I think rightfully so, because God is bigger, stronger, and hallelujah, we serve a, a big and powerful God. And just never forget that, even amidst in this crazy world, of evil, never forget that we serve a powerful God. Verse 13, Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you and your servants and your people. And listen listen to the purpose of all this. I think this is great so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. You know, and and that's something that God is doing, you know, in all the false deities of Egypt that they gave so much credence to, God one by one through all these plagues is showing that he is the one with true power, and he is wanting Pharaoh and the people to know that he is the true God. For if by now, verse 15, I had put forth my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, you would then have been cut off from the earth. He's like, I could have taken your very life by now if I wanted to. But indeed, for this reason, I have allowed you to remain in order to show you my power and in order to proclaim my name through all the earth. And isn't that awesome? I mean, even here we are today, right? I mean, people, whoever, wherever you are, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I can kind of see uh, where in general in the world people are listening. There's a, some faithful fellow in Belgium uh, or woman listening to this podcast. Uh, that's just one area that's come to my attention. And what a cool thing that is. Um, and listen to what this says. My power, excuse me, verse 16, but indeed for this reason I have allowed you to remain in order to show you my power and in order to proclaim my name through all the earth. So here I am in Wisconsin, you know, a state of, you know, the United States, 
and this Bible is being read all over the world, right? Um, you can hear God's name proclaimed all the world. In fact, this very sign that God did in the book of Exodus, this very plague, is recorded in the scriptures and being proclaimed throughout all the earth. So God's power and what he did has been proclaimed everywhere. What a wonderful thing. But yet, listen to verse 17, and here's where we see what I let off with this morning. Still you exalt yourself against my people by not letting them go. Do you see how it does mention that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but it's still holding Pharaoh responsible. You are exalting yourself by not letting them go. You could have you could have let them go, and, and you're not. All right, now he's going to bring a plague of hail, and it's going to destroy crops and you know, they get the warning that this big hailstorm is going to come and that really everyone should go to safety because of the destruction of this hail. And listen to this in verse 20. I love this. Then one among the servants of Pharaoh who feared the word of the Lord. And what a wonderful thing that is. So now we have an Egyptian who's been seeing the power of God on display and saying, you know what? I, I, I fear the Lord. I fear the, his power. I'm starting to see what he can do. And you know what? I'm going to start heeding the instructions that have been given because I've seen what he can do. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to fear the Lord. He wants us to be in awe of him. He wants us to revere the word. This guy, wonderful, right? He revered the word of the Lord. And he made his servants and his livestock flee into the houses. He's like, heed this word. Let's revere the, the word of the Lord. There's going to be hail. I, I trust it's going to happen. And they went and hid in the houses. But he who paid no regard to the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. And isn't that something? I mean, I tell you what, this is the, this is the decision of, of the world here today. Are you going to revere the word of the Lord or not? Are you going to heed what God's word says, or are you going to go on in your way just doing your own thing? And I would imagine, you know, like in my mind right now, and if I bring this to your attention in your mind, you can think of people that are just, they don't pay attention to the word of the Lord. They don't know what it has to say. They don't know how God has revealed himself. And, you know, this is, I think, an appropriate time that I, I want to let you know, and I thank you for listening. Um, you can now find out a little bit more about Revering the Word and even me at a website calling reveringtheword.com, reveringtheword.com. And, you know, I'm thankful for what God is doing and in, in propelling me and asking me to do this podcast daily. Uh, it's been a blessing to me, and I'm thankful that people are getting to hear the Word of the Lord um, as I read through the scriptures and man, it's been a, um, kind of like a fulfilling thing. I just feel so thankful that, that God has put this on my heart. Now I want you to know briefly about that website. You can go to it and you can learn a bit, a little bit more. And some of you may not know, but about seven years ago, I wrote a book. It's called Altered, uh, A-L-T-A-R apostrophe D. And the book reveals evidence as to why we can trust in this word of God. 
And some of the things that you've seen me talk about in this podcast, whether it be that Jesus died on Passover, I think that's one of the most amazing miracles in, in history, that the day that the blood of the Lamb saved them, and we're about to get there, by the way, in Exodus chapter 12, is the day that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, died for our sins. Um, there are so many biblical evidences that reveal that the Word of God can be trusted. And don't we just want people to know? I want people to know. A lot of people in the world don't know why the Bible is reliable. And because they don't have the knowledge of knowing, and you know, the Bible says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. Because they simply don't know the reasons why the Bible is reliable, they don't turn to it and they don't turn to Jesus because they feel like they can't trust in this book. But really, once you learn the evidence as to why this book is trustworthy, well, then you can embrace the Savior behind the book and you can be saved. So people need to know why they can believe that this word is the very word of God and that the salvation that's offered through Jesus Christ is something they can rely on. And I, you know, when I came to faith, it's now been almost 30 years in 1996. Sometimes I had doubts. I was like, well, what if I, what if what I'm believing is not true? And this is a, as a brand new believer. And I began studying very early on in my journey. Why do I believe this is true? Like, why do I believe in the Bible? And that ultimately, after 20 years or 20 plus years, led to me writing that book. I've studied the evidence as to why a person can believe that this book really is the Word of God. And, and, and I've shared in, you know, in a previous podcast about the Old and New Testaments and how it's really like a shoe with two laces, and it's really one lace, right? The whole Bible is really one lace. But when you see how it ties together, the Old and New Testaments, it's woven together. When you see that evidence, it's so much easier to believe. But again, people don't know it. It ties itself up so beautifully, and it gives us solid footing in life. And that's what that book does alter it, is it helps people to see that. And it, it will make a believer more confident in the Bible themselves. And it's an, an, an incredible book to give to someone who's seeking or willing to seek to help them see that they can trust in God's Word. Probably one of my favorite stories is a, a man who experienced a tragedy at our church. And we, we have that book on display at our church. Like we, our post office is connected to our church and the local people come in and we put our, our book out there. I've given away about <clears throat> 8,000 books and uh, I'm getting close to having to do another printing. We only have about a thousand left and I haven't been selling them. I've been just giving them away and I, I'm hoping to be able to sell the remaining thousand so that I can uh, raise some funds in order to do another printing so that we're not out of books. So that's my goal is to be able to to sell the remaining books that we have to, to be able to give more. Because this man, his wife came in, sees the book for free <clears throat> at the post office, takes it home to this man who experienced an immense tragedy. And he read the book. He he wanted to then meet to me. He's, you know, say 50 years old and never accepted Jesus as his savior and and he did he came to Christ and it began with that book and and, and now he's a, a a faithful person at our church um involved in many bible studies and it's it's been about probably 5 years now since he came to the lord and 
and uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing to see. So I know that it can help people. And if you want to learn more about the book or possibly um, read one or give one to a friend, you can find out about it at uh, reveringtheword.com. And uh, thank you for your support. We give a discount if you buy uh, extras in order to give away so that people can come to faith. And I really think it can do a wonder for people in your life. And I want to thank you for this. I can assure you that these remaining books, that when we sell them, that's what they're going to go towards is printing more so that we can lead more people to Jesus. So thank you for your help. Well, anyways, back to this plague of hail. So this guy, he he heeded the word of the Lord and he went inside and he was saved <clears throat> from the destruction that happened with that hail. Verse 27, moving forward, then Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time and the Lord is the righteous one. So Pharaoh seems to be giving credence to God and I and my people are the wicked ones. And he's right. <clears throat> Make supplication to the Lord for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail and I will let you go and you will you shall stay no longer. So he's he's saying, "Hey, have this stop and and I'm going to I'm going to let you go." Um but we've seen this from Pharaoh before, haven't we? Verse 29. Moses said to him, "As soon as I go out of the city, I will sp- spread out my hands to the Lord and the thunder will cease and there will be hail no longer that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. (laughs) Hallelujah. God's revealing himself to Pharaoh. Come on, Pharaoh, uh, get it right. But as for you and your servants, listen to what it says here. I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. What a what an amazing word. I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. That's man, I tell you what, in our world today, this is what we need. We need a fear of the Lord. We need an awe of him. We need to revere his word and, and indeed revere God himself. It makes all the difference to see that God is really God. He's on his throne. He He's done amazing works all throughout history. He is still alive today. He's at the right hand of God. His spirit is working in the people of God today, and he's coming again. And we need to get our lives right and get ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. May we fear and revere the word of the Lord and God himself. But when Pharaoh saw, verse 34, that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned again and hardened his heart. Look at that, and hardened his heart. He's responsible. But listen, let's keep going. He and his servants. But then it says in verse 35, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not let the sons of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. So you see, God is at work hardening Pharaoh's heart, but yet Pharaoh has hardened his own heart too. And, you know, let's pray that God would soften the hearts of those in our lives that we want to be reached and and soften our hearts too. And God, may we fear you, may we revere you, and we pray, God, for our fellow brothers and sisters in this world who haven't yet come to you, that their hearts would be softened, God, that they would hear and 
that they would receive you and your word and learn to fear and revere you, God, so they could receive what we've received, having the Lord God be our God, having the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Oh God, do a work in our midst in those whom we know and love. Use us, God, for your glory. And we thank you, God. We thank you that you've opened our hearts to you. What a blessing it is to know and revere you, God. God bless you all, and we'll see you again in Exodus 10.